podcast. It's great to have you here. My name's Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really my job is to help us guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow your faith all throughout the week. Today, Chris and I chat about part three of the How to Get What You Really Want series. And the bottom line of the third part of this series was what you really want is linked to who you are. And the four Monday was to do the eulogy exercise. Now, I'm a bit weirded out by the eulogy exercise, which is where you sit down and write your eulogy, but we will chat about that in the podcast and actually see how there's a really positive spin to it. So we hope you enjoy this episode as we talk about what does God want for me. I hope you enjoy this episode and we will catch you at the end. Too good. Let's get cracking on part three of how to get what you really want. But before we get there, Chris... We're, we're bonding this week. Both of our wives away for the week. <laughs> On camp. Grade 9 horse riding camp. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what they do at this camp. It's all kind of secretive. Yeah, they, it's it's girls' business. Yeah. Would you rather be here or there, to be honest? Well, it kind of sounds fun to horse ride. It does. It does. Like, I'd, I wouldn't mind riding a horse just for fun. Yeah. What do you get up to when Emma's not around? <laughs> no, not much. Pretty much what I do when Emma's around. Like, yeah. Last night I think I cooked dinner, read a book, and I went to sleep. Jeez. Do you, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty exciting guy. Yeah. It, it really. Is I am reading like a book it. about a serial killer. So like, it was an interesting book. Gosh. Yeah. That not is. not like a real like it's a, it's a made up story. Okay. Not like a legitimate. Life. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. I should, we'll just, should just clarify we'll leave your that. personal life out of yeah. this, Chris. Let's just <laughs> move on <laughs> with the Beyond the Message podcast. Uh, I don't think I asked you how you're going. I'm Firstly. doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing well. Doing How are well. you surviving without Molly? Uh, it's been one night and, yep, it's already a mess. No, it's not. It's not. I I don't even know. It's just, it's been okay. Okay, that's good. It's my first ever night being a married man. And newly married. And without Molly around. Yep. And the house didn't catch on fire. Excellent. Or Did anything. you feed yourself? I, I'm fed. Did you get yep. takeaway? And no, Molly made me some takeaway <laughs> meals before she left. Oh, that is okay. Excellent. Some freezer meals ready to go. So it's well, pretty simple. I just, I just thought I'd, you know, I know we're going to get to the episode, but Emma was texting me last night and she's like, I know, cause I texted her a picture of like dinner. Um, and it's not that like, cause Monday night, it's my night to cook anyway. So I had like this session beef thing. And, um, and Emma goes, look at you go. Like I brag to people about how you can take care of yourself. <laughs> um, and it just made me think like, unfortunately, Molly can't do that for you. Cause yeah. she's like, no, I had to like, yep. Microwave and get all the <laughs> yeah I know and I just got an email from Uber enjoy thirty dollars off tonight and I know exactly what I'm having kebab sunrise sunshine kebab something like that down the road oh yeah free I've got Absolutely a really nice free. pasta that I that I think I'm gonna cook tonight like a fettuccine thing that's going on is it a TikTok pasta have you seen that one no no, no I haven't seen it. I've done the TikTok wraps I did the t- the TikTok. actually our connect group speaking yeah. of groups we love groups we yeah. all did the tiktok rap they're so good if you haven't seen it i don't know how to link you towards it i'm not that tech savvy um yeah, but it's just like oh it's just if you google tiktok raps you'll be able to, you'll it's it's just awesome it revolutionizes the way do you do them as a toasty uh we did tiktok tacos tiktok burritos ah see i put mine in the sandwich press yeah right that's revolutionary. I just, I love it. It's just kind of like, it's just nice, fun lunch. I have it every day. Yeah. I'm going to call it TikTok wraps is what you really want. The whole series, one of the things. this whole series is just leading towards 
the last four Monday, which is go home and make a TikTok rap. <laughs> now, you need to, if you don't know what a TikTok rap is, surely you're going to go and look it up and make one now. Yeah, you can make one while you listen to this episode because they're it. delicious. That's so good. Well, part three was awesome on the weekend. I really enjoyed it. I love getting to the end of a series and things start to make a bit more sense that you're kind of leading into the first two um, kind of installments of the series. Now, mm. we, uh, we're going to look at the full Monday today, which is to do the eulogy exercise, yeah. which if you don't know, is basically sitting down and writing your own eulogy. Yep. But we'll get to that at the end. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a bit too heavy to start yeah, our podcast like, with. Yep. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm, I'm a bit weirded out by it. So okay. we're, we're going to chat. Bit weird. Sure, let's chat. Yeah. We will chat all about that at the end. But to get us started, Chris... Mm. Um, what does God want from me? That was kind of the the series, or the, you know, the, the it's not an episode. It's a uh, well, you it's you, it? if you're watching it at Beyond at Home, it's an I episode. Guess it's an episode. Yeah. What is it in person? I forgot it's the a word. Part. It's yeah. just a part. Okay. Yeah. So the the big idea was what does God want from me? Um, Chris, mm. could you give us any insight as to what God actually wants for us? Yeah. Well, and, and I did kind of distinguish those sort of. I said, you know, for a lot of us, the question is like. Like, um, like you asked in there, like, what does God want from me? And then the other part of it is the other question you asked is like reframing this thinking to actually kind of be like, oh, hang on, hang on. God doesn't actually want anything from us. He actually wants something for us. Like God is a heavenly father um, and good parents want things for their children. They don't want to take things away. And so um, we looked at this, um, this passage in a letter that Paul wrote to the Galatian church and it's not a like roadmap. It's not like, hey, Lockie, here's exactly what God wants you to do when you wake up in the morning. Um, but it's more character-based and it's character traits. And so it's um, what uh, it's pretty famous in church circles. It's what people call the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Look, if you've done primary school in any sort of Christian school, you've all made your little watermelon poster yep. with gentleness written on it. Like we've all been there. Oh, I'd- Oh, look, I haven't because I, I didn't go to a Christian primary school. There you go. No. I did. And yeah. that is, we did it every year. No, yes, no, I went to a state um, primary school um, and loved it. So really like the fruit of the spirit, if you don't know what it is, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. And really kind of what Paul's saying here is that, that those are the things that kind of flow out of your life, the fruit, they're the result of um uh, walking in step with God. In other words, if God was to say, hey, here's what I would like for your life, those are the sorts of things that would come out. So they're really character um, traits, you know, character trait, you know, is self-control, is patience, is kindness, is all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Look, I feel like we've, we might have got a few listeners today with a bit of clickbait because mm. we've given the, the title, What Does God Want For Me? Oh, okay, yeah. Like now, that. And you just said, like patience, love, all the gooey stuff. All the ooey gooey stuff, yeah. Now, like, is there some specific things that God wants for me? Or, f- like, is there anything, you know, like a, a job, a career, a path? Because, like, I know in the circles that I'm in, particularly, like, a young adult, it's really kind of all about, oh, what does God want for me? Like, what am I meant to do? Now, is there an answer? Is there, is there like, can we actually deliver on this kind of title um, of what does God want for me apart from yeah. joy, peace. Well, that's, it's that thing. It's like um, the will of God. What is the will of God for my life? And a bunch of, you know, I used to ask it a lot when I was younger. And um, we'll actually touch on it more in part four. And in fact, the passage we're going to look at next week in part four um, really kind of addresses that question head on. Yeah. 
um, there's a couple of different ways that you can that people look at it theologically, um, and the way that I like to look at it theologically um, and, and my understanding of God as as a good father is that God kind of gives us a playground to play on, and He's sort of like, hey, you know, you can play anywhere on this playground, and it will be sort of within my will. And there's a lot of things you can do that flow out of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Um, but it also kind of frees us up for God to be like, you know, there's there's a unique way that I have wired you. And, uh, and so I want you to play on the playground within those certain parameters. And if you play within those certain parameters, um, that will be a great thing. And I think, um, I know for my life when I was younger, uh, one of the reasons why I wanted God to give me, tell me exactly what it is you want me to do for my life. When I reflected on that, and I'm not saying this is true of everyone, but when I reflected on that, what I wanted to do was to take the decision-making out of my life. What I wanted to do was to kind of be like, well, God, if I go and do something, now I can blame it on you. <laughs> and God's like, well, actually, what I really want is a relationship with you. So it doesn't matter if you're you know, pastoring. It doesn't matter if you're working in finance. It doesn't matter if you're a personal trainer. Whatever any of those career paths you take, the big thing is that you're walking alongside me and that you're living in relationship with me. And you can live in relationship with me regardless of what career path you take, regardless of where you study, regardless of where geographically um, you live. Yeah. And so that's a really non-answer. That's okay. It's, <clears throat> it's, this is probably the 20th time we've had this conversation. It's just the first time we've had it with a mic in the middle. Yeah. Um, meaning that this is a big conversation that many people are going to have a lot of the time. And yeah, I don't know if there's any advice as to like just help people. Maybe we can give out some resources or just some helpful questions to kind of let, you know, help people on the journey because obviously we can't answer it for them. No, I think one of the things is, um, is to go back to what we looked at in part two and to ask that, you know, people so often are like, oh, you know, I want to discover the will of God in my life. And I think a question to be up that you could ask is why do you want that? And the natural one is like, oh, cause I, you know, I want to know what God wants me to do. And, and to which I would say, I would say, well, how much time do you spend in scripture? How much time do you spend serving in the local church? How much time do you spend praying for your friends? Um, because the easiest way to get to know God is to actually spend time with God. And the easiest way to know what God wants for your life um, and wants to help you on decisions is to allow you to do that. And now sometimes, um, and we see this all throughout in scripture, Sometimes there seems to be very deliberate moments where God says to individuals in Scripture, hey, here's exactly what I want you to do. Now, let's keep in mind, a lot of that has to do with like the Old Testament and moving the nation of Israel around and positioning them for certain things. And so, I mean, if you want to compare yourself to Moses, go for gold. Like, <laughs> I'm not really willing to do that. Um, but then there are other times in the New Testament and in the book of Acts where Paul writes, it seemed good for us to do this. Like, this was an option and we had another option and then we just kind of weighed them up and we we're like, well, this seems like a good one and God wouldn't be mad if we did that and God didn't seem to give us a yes or a no either way and it just seemed to kind of be that. Yeah, and and to be honest, like this is super frustrating because I'm in the middle of this tension or kind of consistently in it. So I'm, I'm feeling the frustration of some listeners who are like, just give me an answer. But also what I feel is like, it's a lot less, uh, it's a lot less big and grand like this whole conversation it's actually quite practical and i i want to bring it in with just a, a thing we've mm. rolled out within beyond internally with our leaders yeah, yeah and we've kind of got some questions that we want to um 
Mm. We want our Beyond community defined by. <clears throat> and one of the questions that we've got asking, people asking themselves is, is this the wise thing to do? Yep. And that is so frustrating because I've found in my life, like the wise thing to do is in line with God's call. Like God's never going to ask me to do anything that's unwise. Yes. Uh, and that's, uh, I don't want to take that too far. Like obviously sometimes God might ask you to leave your job or leave, you know, that's mm. not necessarily mm. wise, but more often than not, the wise thing to do is what God is calling me to. So it's less flashy and less grand and less God calling me from the sky saying, mm. go here, do this thing. Yeah. And more often just in, the, in, the, in line with the path that God is giving me. And one of the things like, and I can't remember if I've said it on the podcast before, but one of the things that I have learned to love is my dad always has this phrase um, and this saying is that boring is beautiful. Okay. And the reason my dad would say this all the time is because he's a police officer. And so he's just saw some weird stuff (laughs) and he would come home and he would just say, Hey, boring is beautiful. And I think there's, there's some truth to that in kind of like, you just asked me what I was doing last night. And I was like, well, you know what? I cooked dinner. And I watched a bit of tennis and I read a book and and I loved it. It was great. And and I think sometimes we, we're always looking for this, oh, God's calling me for this big thing. Yep. God's also calling you to be faithful. Yeah. And there's plenty of times in the New Testament where Jesus says, hey, if you're not faithful with the small things, if you're not faithful with connecting with me regularly, if you're not faithful in pursuing after me, then why would I trust you with this big thing over here? Because I can't trust that you can just do what... I call you to do and be present where I call you to be present on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I just, for, for a bunch of young adults, you know, if you listen to this, or even if you're not a young adult and you're at that point in your life, where you're like, oh man, I'm really wrestling with this. I'm, what, what I would say is that God's using the moment you're in to prepare you for what's next. Okay. God's always using the season that we're in to prepare us from what, for what's next. And I think if you just, the, the quicker that you can kind of go, what can I get out of this season that I'm in? What can I learn about God in this moment? Uh, the more that you'll benefit from from what God's preparing you for. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. My last comment on that boring is beautiful. You know, I'm learning that like it's much better to have five people you can text and just connect with mm. and call. You know, like you know they're in your corner. Uh, five people that you can really trust rather than having like hundreds of people that like your stuff. So boring is beautiful in many ways. Um, Thanks for that one, Dad. Yeah, thanks. I don't get to call him down on the podcast. Thanks, Owen. <laughs> that, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, he's Chris, probably listening to this too. He probably is. Yeah, yeah. sorry, he loves it, Owen. You are. I will call. <laughs> moving right on. Oh, Chris. Um, we. I think you even said it before, but I know definitely in the Bible passage from Galatians with the fruit of the spirit, mm. it's got this phrase to keep in step with the spirit mm. what does it look like to do that and what has yeah. got what's that got to do with what we really want or what I really want yeah well I'll go to that what it has to do with what I really want first so we looked at those you know those things and we sort of said hey like for so many of us we want a little bit more of those things in our life um, and even if you look at some of them you're like oh, I don't know if I really want them you want people around you to have a little bit more patience a little bit more kindness a little bit more self-control and so if we want the people around us to have that, then I think it's something that we kind of actually really want. And so the reason why we're kind of looking at that is because maybe the things that you really want are not that dissimilar and not that disconnected from what God actually wants for your life. Um, because God wants some, some really good things for your life. And so this idea of keeping in step with the Spirit is Paul reminding this church in Galatia, hey, when Jesus entered into history what he actually extended was an invitation to follow 
And Jesus' first disciples would have walked alongside him, would have walked by him, would have eaten with him, lived with him. And so Paul's saying, hey, in the same way that the early disciples walked and kept in step with Jesus, if you want to see these fruits lived out in your life, the best way to do that is to keep in step with the things that God wants for you. And if you keep in step with the things, uh, with, excuse me, with God, then this fruit will be the product of your life. So if you keep in step with God, you might actually get closer to what you really want all along. Yeah, there you go. And and what are some practical practical examples of, of that playing out? Yeah, I would say get around people who uh, can hold you accountable and can challenge you. Um, one of the things I observe, and you know, this is, this is just, it's, this is uncomfortable. Right? I know it's a learned skill, it's not natural, but one thing I, I do see a lot of is People getting around people and friends and they go to them when they've got an issue and the reason they go to them is because they'll just reinforce their position and they'll reinforce their view, right? One of the things that I value the most about um, M is that M doesn't tell me what I want to hear. M, M just tells, gives me the answer to the question. I'm like, hey, is this, a, is this a smart thing to do? Like, what do you think I should do about this? Do you reckon this is awesome? And everybody's like, no. Don't, don't, don't think you should do that. I think you should change it. And my closest friends, my best mates, I know 100%. If I have an idea and they think it's silly, or they think it's not wise, they'll be like, just don't do that. Don't do that. So I honestly think that, honestly, having a group of people who will hold you accountable, not just who will agree with everything you say, um, is one really, really important, good way to do it. I think being in, involved in a group can help create that environment for you um, straight away. Uh, the other thing I would say is to keep in step is to just read scripture and know what, how Jesus interacted with the world. Um, one of the really big challenges is that particularly for the plethora of information that we have in the world, we can get so easily misguided as Jesus followers into thinking like, oh, because I follow a bunch of people on Instagram or because I listen to a bunch of sermons during the week, that's kind of my substitute for reading scripture and spending time with God. It's not. It's not. Um, and so I think like actually taking ownership of our own faith life, life and going, hey, what are the ways I best connect with God and discover God and learn about who God is and learn what the scriptures say? Um, I think that's a really locked and loaded way to keep in step with the spirit. Yeah, I guess it'd be hard to keep in step with something that you're not actively looking at yep. following um like if you've lost sight yep. and you're trying to like keep you can't keep step um, yeah yeah just double tapping cool bible passages or quotes <laughs> on instagram is not, not enough to keep you step. in step yeah yeah there you go so keeping step is is again boring stuff yeah it's those private disciplines but beautiful things it's good yeah, yeah that's awesome boring is beautiful i might get that tattooed chris um, is that the worst thing to do? That's not. That's not that's <laughs> I mean, it might be. It might be. I'm, I'm, just, ask, did, I'm did. just asking you that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. You've got me there. Okay, well, we're going to enter the, the eulogy part of this, Chris. Yeah. Yep. It's a little weird. Well, I didn't think so until Emma pointed it out to me. But it, uh, like, it's not. It's not. I. It okay. is a little weird now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, but I get around that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm yeah. going to say that we're a little weird. Because yep. um, this is the kind of thing I'd like to do. Um, but Chris, in your words, what's, what's the eulogy exercise? Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different people who have kind of talked about write, write the eulogy exercise. Um, Stephen Covey was the person that I referenced. He writes about in his book, 
um, seven habits of highly effective people. But effectively what you do is you imagine that you're at your funeral and you imagine different groups of people that might be talking at your funeral, whether that's family or friends or in the workplace or organizations you're volunteering or faith community and you write down what you would hope they would say about you or what you want them to say about you. Yeah. Um, and so that's the eulogy. That's the eulogy exercise. I got to be a little honest. I teared up a little bit listening. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else did or if you saw like just some glimmers in the crowd. It was very, it's very dark on it stage. Is. I can't really see the 10 a.m. I can see. Yeah. I can see real well, but the 6 p.m. It's really hard to see. Yeah. Okay. Now. Well, I was just, I'm glad because I was like tearing up. I'm like, bro, that's sad. <laughs> well, it's, and I was just thinking about like being at other people that I really love's funeral as well, and hearing you, I was like, "That's it's hit me in the feels." Um, just thought I'll let you know, just being honest with no, you. No, no. Um, but actually, it, it's funny because I'm going to give my good friend Talitha a shout out, a friend of the Beyond the Message podcast, friend of the podcast, friend of the podcast, it. and the church, and of us. Yep. Just a, I should have just say, just she's a, a great friend. human just being, a great human being, general. great friend. Yep. And uh, we were actually chatting about this in our connect group. Um, probably a few weeks ago, really. And, she, and we were talking about um, kind of being, thinking about who we wanted to be known for. Mm. And, and she took that um, and was questioning it, being like, oh, is that a selfish thing to do? Is it selfish to think about what you want to be known for um, as opposed to, you know, what we want God to do in our lives? I don't, I don't know exactly. And I don't want to put words in, in her mouth, but it, we were just chatting and she didn't have a hard stance on this, but we we're just chatting about this question or this idea of thinking about what we want to be known for. Um, so my question here is, is this a weird, like selfish kind of exercise thinking about our own lives from the other end, thinking about what we're going to be known for, or is this something we can use to, um, to really benefit our current state? Yeah. Well, look, every time I spend time with Tal, she always has a knack for asking very insightful questions. And this is another one. I think it depends on the way in which you go about it. Uh, and so the, the reason that I like to go on the looking backwards track is that I have found that often when we look backwards, we accentuate something different to when we look forward, right? Because when we look forward, and this is, this is just my tendency and the, what I've observed is that when it's like, hey, what do you want to do with your life? You straight away start to go, well, I want to get married or I want to have kids or I want to buy a house or I want to start a business or I want to get this or I want to... And we start going achievement-based, achievement-based, achievement-based. But then when you flip the script and you go, okay, you're not here. You're not here. What impact would you have liked to have on, had on the world? Most people, you're kind of right, it kind of like hits you and you're like, well, I, I really want the people closest to me to know that I, I gave a rip about them. Like I really want them to know that they were a priority. Like I really, I really want to uh, have a faith life that reflects what Jesus would want my faith life to be like. like I, and so we start to think about things a little bit differently um, than, than if we were looking forward. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I, I genuinely think it probably just depends on the way in which on the way in which you do it, yeah. Yeah, and do you feel that that exercise has helped you to live differently? So obviously, we're looking into the future backwards. Uh, has that helped your current attitude towards life? Or does it help it? Or how often do you have to do it to make it affect what you do with your time? Yeah, well, I think everyone everyone's slightly, slightly different, right? So for me, yes, I'm one of those weird, nerdy people that has like a little life plan and has some goals and has some stuff. And... Um, and yeah, definitely. And the story I shared on the weekend with my my granddad's funeral 
caused me to re- reflect and review that. And so there are times, you know, usually every 12 or 18 months where I might go back and I might reflect and say, hey, is there, is there something that I want to tweak, right? Because really this is just a tool to help us understand where we're at at this point in time and the things that we we really, really want. Um, and so, you know, I, I might have said some different things when I was 16, right? Because when I was 16, I was, I was a pretty selfish person. Um, and so I was probably, you know, thinking like, oh, I want to be known as the greatest goalkeeper of all time. Um, that's how I want to be. Whereas, you know, you live life. And so it's cool to kind of see that, that change. And I think just to have this as a, as a habit or a practice that you do every six months, 12 months, actually kind of keeps front and center in your life the things you really value the most. So for me, um, yeah, it actually has uh, changed the way in which I uh, think about things and live life and go about things and probably some of the things that I prioritize in life, some of the things I don't um, prioritize in life. So yeah, it's def- it definitely has an impact in my life. And I think it should as well. Like there'd be no point in this <clears throat> exercise if it didn't affect us. Yeah, yeah. You just look at it and you're like, well, I'm, I'm not that person. Okay, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. put it away. Yeah, and I, and the hope is that no matter where you're at in your life, uh, in your lifespan, like whether you are closer to to the end or whether you're kind of just starting, um, there's some definite things that we can do to, to help that. And there's no there's there's no lack of hope there. Yeah, and I think there's a. I mean, if you want to, if you want to take it. You know, because it's beyond the message podcast, we can give a little bit of a bonus. Oh, you know, because like we, we didn't talk about this um, on Sunday. There was, but I think if you wanted to get even more granular with this exercise, one of the things that you can do is once you've kind of written your eulogy for, and got a general sense, uh, what I would look at is, um, you know, the phrase I use is life accounts. Okay. Life accounts. This is a bonus. This is a, so often, you know, when we think about bank accounts, it's really easy to know in our mind, okay, I got a bank account. I got money coming in. I got money going out. The goal is to always have more money in the bank account. If it gets down to like negative, we're in trouble. We need to address that. We need to sort that out. But we don't often think of our life in that sort of way. But that that's true of life. You know, like if, I, if there's certain accounts that get absolutely drained and others that never get filled, then that affects how we function as people. And so one of the things I would do is once you've got your eulogy is to kind of look at that and go, okay, right. Well, what are the, what are the accounts that I have in my life, my life accounts? And these can change depending on, you know, different stages of life. Because for example, parents would have a children, probably a children's account. We don't know? have a children's account. I don't have a children. I don't have a child account. Um, and so figure out what those life accounts are. Typically people have somewhere between like eight and 12. Any more than 12, it's kind of like- Are we, are we talking career- yeah, we could talk. We could say things like work, things like um, Jesus, things like if you have a if you have a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, maybe they have a separate account. Maybe you have an account for family. Maybe you have an account for friends. Uh, maybe you have an account for finances, yep. um, hobbies, um, all those sorts of all those sorts of things. I try to make the accounts more general. So, like, you don't, do you have a golf account? I have a hobbies account. Okay, but it's golf. primarily golf sits in that hobbies golf account. Golf heavy right now. Well, like I, Arsenal, my supporting my football <laughs> club fits into that too. So I don't talk about how much I love my football club. People just see the golf. Yep. People saw how much football stuff I, yeah, they would just get really bored yep. very quickly. Um, Moving on. Yeah. So figure out what those life accounts are and then order them, prioritize them from first to last. Uh, and that's going to be 
challenging for some people to figure out. The other thing, and the reason it's often most challenging uh, is because you have to kind of figure out what are the things you need desperately in order to for the others to work. And so, I mean, I won't tell you all my accounts, but I'll tell you what my top four are. My top four are Jesus, Emma, uh, physical, and, in, and like intellectual slash emotional. Because if those accounts aren't full for me, then I'm no good to anyone anywhere else. I'm no good to people in beyond. I'm no good to people, my friends. I'm no good to my family. I'm no good to any of those things. But if I can kind of lay a really good foundation and prioritize you know, eating well, sleeping well, if I can prioritize growing, um, if I can prioritize Jesus and Emma, then I'm, I'm pretty good for everyone else. Yeah. So then kind of like painting a little bit of a picture of, hey, if, you know, if I got to the, you know, what would, what would this look like for me to be really firing in my relationship with God, really firing in my relationship with my wife and for those accounts. So then you can start to figure out, oh, there are a couple of things I need to work on on some of these accounts. Or maybe I'm not giving some accounts enough attention. So that's, yeah. Yeah. A little bit more of a bonus. No, that's good. Well, maybe the bonus for Monday for people who tune into the Beyond the Message podcast is mm. to do the eulogy exercise and let it change you. Yeah. Like it's obviously that's the kind of uh, unsaid text of that for mm. Monday, but yeah. it would be do it and and have a, a long hard think about how it's going to affect the actions, the relationships, your faith right now today. And if you've got a bunch of things you're like, oh man, like I feel like there's a whole heap of things I need to adjust and do, and I've got so many of my accounts aren't where I want them to be. That's all right. That's fine. Just just pick two or three commitments that you're going to do for the next six months, and then work on another two or three afterwards it can get overwhelming and you think oh i'm gonna get my entire life together um in like the next week (laughs) too good well let's leave it there that's a great way to wrap up part three of how to get what you really want really stoked about it and chris this is a, a consecutive four in a row for you i'm excited we'll have you back on sunday back on wednesday for the party Beyond the Message podcast. It's great to have you here. We just want to remind you that Connect Groups are opening up now. So now is the time to sign up if you'd like to live life connected. We believe that circles are better than rows and now is the time in which we're opening up our Connect Groups and our starter groups so that you can get connected. So if you'd like to do that, please head to our website and fill out the form that is available on the first page of the website. Apart from that, we hope you have a great week and we will see you next week on Wednesday.